Today's broadcast of Bagels and Blessings has been previously recorded at an earlier time. Shalom Chaverim, that's Hebrew for hello friends, and Shabbat Shalom, that's Hebrew for Sabbath peace. This is Ethel Chadwick. Welcome to another week of Bagels and Blessings. Here's what's in store today on Bagels and Blessings. You'll hear my pre-recorded interview with Jacob Cohen. Stay with me and I'll be right back. and Blessings is a ministry of Congregation Shema Yisrael. We are a messianic congregation made up of Jews and Gentiles who believe that Jesus, or Yeshua, is the promised Messiah. Our services contain Jewish liturgy and Davidic dancing, and we celebrate the Feasts of Israel. We meet at 250 Edgewood Avenue in Brighton, and our services are Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Please join us for worship, and while you are in the building, be sure to check out the Fig Tree Messianic Bookstore and Gift Shop. Now open Mondays from 6 to 8 p.m., Tuesdays by appointment, Wednesdays from 3 to 8 p.m., Thursdays from 3 to 6 p.m., and up to 30 minutes after services on Saturdays. You can call the Fig Tree Bookstore at 585-484-7775. The Fig Tree Bookstore and Gift Shop is a great place for books, CDs, cards, jewelry, and so much more. So be sure to check them out when you visit Congregation Shema Yisrael. And now, when you make a purchase at the Fig Tree Bookstore, you can fill out a raffle ticket. Those names will be drawn for a prize from Bagels and Blessings. So those of you in the Rochester area, be sure to visit Congregation Shema Yisrael in the Fig Tree Bookstore and fill out your ticket for a chance to win a prize from Bagels and Blessings. This is Jonathan Sattel, and you are listening to Bagels and Blessings. Here's Ted Pierce. Praises awaiting you in Zion, oh God. And to you our vows will all be fulfilled. Oh, you who hears our prayers. It is to you that all shall come. Praise you, praise you, all the earth will shout and the rocks cry out as we praise you, praise you, praise you, every tribe, every tongue, every nation, everyone gonna praise you. Seasons with your goodness, pastures of the wilderness overflow, meadows are clothed with flocks and valleys are mantled with grain. 
This is Ted Pierce coming from Texas. Don't change that dial. You are listening to my fabulous friend, Ethel Chadwick on Bagels and Blessings. Tune in every week for the best in radio. Thank you. Here's Josh Turnell with a really cool version of Trees of the Field. with joy and be led forth with peace the mountains and the hills will break forth before you there'll be shouts of joy and all the trees of the field will clap their hands And all the trees of the field will clap their hands The trees of the field will clap their hands The trees of the field will clap their hands As you go out with joy And you go out with joy And you go out with joy And you go out with joy Simcha tet seyu, uve shalom tuvalun. Simcha tet seyu, tet seyu, uve shalom tuvalun. Simcha tet seyu, uve shalom tuvalun. Simcha tet seyu, tet seyu, uve shalom tuvalun. We shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth. There'll be shouts of joy and all the trees of the field Will clap, will clap their hands And all the trees of the field will clap their hands The trees of the field will clap their hands The trees of the field will clap their hands While you go out with joy And all the trees of the field will clap their hands The trees of the field will clap their hands The trees of the field will clap their hands And you go out with joy with joy and be led forth with peace the mountains and the hills will break forth before you there'll be shouts of joy and all the trees of the field will clap will clap their hands will clap will clap their hands will clap will clap their hands We'll clap, we'll clap their hands. We'll clap, we'll clap. We'll clap, we'll clap their hands. 
I'd like to thank Excellent Air Heating and Cooling for sponsoring Bagels and Blessings. Give them a call today at 585-889-7840. They're a family-owned and operated business. Their prices are fantastic. They will take care of your air conditioner in the summer and your furnace in the winter. Give them a call today because they love the Lord and they are excellent. Excellent Air Heating and Cooling, 585 885- 889-7840. You know, recently the world celebrated Valentine's Day. And we're all focused on love. I love you, you love me. And let us let us focus on Adonai. We love him. And look at what God did. He sent his only son to save us from our sins. And did you know Yeshua means salvation? Yeah. So think about your love for him and what he's done for you and listen to this beautiful song from Joshua Aaron, Salvation Is Your Name. Lamb who bore 
This is Joshua Aaron, and you are listening to Bagels and Blessings. Bagels and Blessings is a ministry of Shema Yisrael Messianic Congregation. Your tax-deductible contributions will help keep this program on the air. Make checks out to Shema Yisrael, that's S-H-E-M-A-Y-I-S-R-A-E-L, and please put Bagels and Blessings on the memo portion of your check. Send your contributions to Bagels and Blessings, Post Office Box 192, Scottsville, New York, 14546-0192. And you're invited to come and experience Messianic worship in person Saturday morning Mornings at 10 a.m., 2.50, Edgewood Avenue in Brighton. Stay tuned for my interview with Jacob Cohen. But up next, we've got Bot Rifka Witten. This is a song written by Sue Samuel, and I love this arrangement. Rise up.
again, that was Bot Rifka Witten with Rise Up. In just a few minutes, you'll hear my interview with Jacob Cohen. But right now, here's Daniel Kopp and Sarah Lieberman with Elohim and the Angels Sing.
This is Ethel Chadwick. You're listening to Bagels and Blessings. And now it's time for my interview with Jacob Cohen. Enjoy, darling. Enjoy. Jacob Cohen, welcome to Bagels and Blessings. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Russell. I appreciate it. I really appreciate the opportunity to share my testimony and, and spend time with you on this phone. Well, I'm really excited, and social media has been a real blessing for me because I have connected with more believers just through Facebook alone, and I saw something that you posted, and I thought, wow, that's just the kind of person I want to talk to in Bagels and Blessings, so I'm really glad you agreed to do this. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, it's to God's glory, so I love it, yeah. Amen. So, Jacob, tell me a little bit about your childhood. Were you raised in a traditional Jewish home? I was, yeah. I uh, actually, my my parents and I uh, came to America in, in about '61, and we came by boat. So, if I ever write a book, I've never written a book, but if I ever write a book, I have the title. It's "Less Boat to America" because everybody else I know that came to America came like normal, like you know, by plane. I came here by boat, two two and a half weeks on the North Atlantic, and. Uh, and we uh, had a, it was, it was a traditional Jewish home. We weren't terribly religious, but, you know, we identified ourselves as uh, religiously Jewish and ethnically Jewish. And, you know, the usual, we went to synagogue on uh, Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, uh, Passover Seders on Passover, Purim, I love Purim. Uh, and uh, what's the other holiday I'm missing here? I'm sure one, too. But uh, so, yeah, and, and, you know, my parents sent me to Hebrew school when I was 10 and, um, and there was something, you know, I went to the synagogue, uh, and I really, I, I really, geez, I had a, a real yearning for God. I was really uh, seeking. And um, so I, I just uh, had that sense. And then later on, you know, after the Bar Mitzvah, you know, typical story, after the Bar Mitzvah, you know, I started, uh, you know, wandering. I just kind of really didn't uh, uh, pursue Judaism. Uh, like I had before, even though I was only 10. So, mm -hmm. so growing up, did your family ever talk to you about the dangers of those Christians, or did you ever hear anything about Jesus? Did you have any friends that were Christians? Just curious. Yeah, well, you know, growing up in a big city, uh, and you know, just the other Holy Land, Brooklyn, New York, you know, <laughs> um, uh, most of my friends were, a lot of my non-Jewish friends were Catholic. And, um, and you, you know, I mean, that's... It, I remember in synagogue and uh, in, in Hebrew school, uh, different warnings, you know, I mean, it, it was understood that this was, it's almost by osmosis, you don't even have to say it, but sometimes rabbis would say something like, uh, you know, uh, the Gentiles, they have their God, and, and uh, but we don't believe in that, and, and, um, uh, and then the rest you kind of get just understanding that this is not socially acceptable to uh, Jesus is for them, and, and, and that has nothing to do with us. And so you stay away from them, but in terms of the religious religion, you know, uh, don't don't follow that path. Aha! Uh -huh. And so, tell me about your journey to finding out about Jesus, the Jewish Messiah. You know, it's it's a it's a very interesting thing because nobody came to me. You know, you think. Listen, when my parents uh, found that I came to faith, when I told them. Uh, a lot of times Jewish people have the idea or the impression that uh, the way a Jewish person comes to faith is some Christian gets a hold of them like almost like a uh, um, police interview or what's the word, uh, interrogation. You put a light, bright light in their eyes, <laughs> keep talking them into it, you know. Uh, with me, it was uh, very different. I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm in Hebrew school, I'm minding my own business. I, In between classes, I really enjoyed... Uh, reading the Tanakh, the Old Testament, and it, it it just sucked me in. I mean, there was something very special about that book. I, you know, you, uh, and I, I remember reading it. It says, "Thus saith the Lord, thus saith the Lord," a thousand times. And I remember thinking, "Is is this God's word?" I mean, what the, I didn't quite understand what's going on. But uh, a lot of these stories that my parents told me, you know, the, the typical, you know, David and uh, Goliath, and uh, the, I think they mentioned David and Bathsheba also. I'm not sure. I don't remember exactly, but uh, but. Um, uh, you know, the typical um, uh, Jericho walls falling down and, and the exodus and all that. Well, now I'm 10 years old and I'm reading it for myself. So it was really kind of cool. And a lot of the Bible, you know, a lot of the Old Testament uh, Tanakh is uh, uh, kind of confusing and like the book of Ezekiel, you know, what, what's going on there, you know. But a lot of it is pretty straightforward. 
and uh, and also uh, I remember feeling very convicted as I was reading through the Torah. I thought, I thought, wow, man, I'm in trouble. You know, as I'm reading through it, I'm thinking, wow, I broke that one, broke that one, broke that one. And then I, I, I even thought to myself, well, when I get older, I'm really in trouble because I'm looking forward to breaking that one, you know? And, uh, and I thought, oh, oh, I really felt like convicted. Uh, and, uh, and I think that's part of what God uh, used to, uh, to lead me to himself. Uh, but, but I was uh, sitting there minding my own business in a sense and, as I was reading through the Tanakh, uh, the, the most surprising thing, I mean, it's like it was, it, it just didn't make any sense. I saw i saw parts of the Old Testament, parts of the Tanakh that seemed to speak about Jesus. And uh, and as I'm going through these different verses, uh, you know, uh, the birth of Beth in Bethlehem and uh, uh, Psalm 22 has a, what seems like a crucifixion. And... Um, and as I'm reading through these different things, I'm just thinking to myself, well, it's it's probably, you know, what probably happened is uh, his followers, who I knew were Jewish, and he, Jesus was Jewish, I kind of knew that. But I figured, they got together and they said, hey, listen, uh, let's, uh, uh, you know, this, this scripture here says that the, that, that the Messiah is supposed to ride on a donkey. Let's get Jesus over here, put him on a donkey, and we'll say we fulfilled his prophecy, you know, kind of like that. <laughs> you know, kind of, you know, like putting the, what's that expression? You put the, uh, that the arrows, uh, no, the, you put the, you paint the target around the arrows. Right. Uh, you, you paint right. the target around the arrows, so <laughs> kind of like that. But it was really, I the first time I read Isaiah 52, 13, 53, uh, to this day I, I remember it, because I'm sitting there and I'm reading this, and I'm thinking, what is Jesus doing in my Bible? What is going on here? And I even, I thought maybe some Christian put their version of the Old Testament in our pews, you know? Yeah. So I turned I turned to the front of it, and it was, no, no, it was Jewish Publication Society, just like the others, and I, read, I looked at others and the same reference, and I was like, oh, it's the same thing, it's not. And I'm rereading it, and, you know, reading it again and again, and, I, and it's interesting how the veil works, because when I was reading it, and, and I said, this is Jesus, it can't be, there's no other, nobody else fits this description. And as soon as I was saying that to myself, I could not unsee it, and then at some point, I said to myself, no, it can't be. There's got to be another explanation. Maybe Isaiah is describing Israel or somebody else. And as soon as I said that to myself and I read it, I could not see what I saw just a few minutes ago, that it was Jesus. And then a few minutes later, I'd switch it and say, wait, wait, this, this only sounds like Jesus. It can't be anybody. Oh, it can't be Israel. It doesn't fit. The, the pronouns doesn't fit. don't fit. But um, uh, as soon as I would would say that, it opened it up again, and it can't be anyone else than Jesus. And as soon as I closed that possibility in my mind, uh, I, I couldn't see what I saw just a few minutes ago. What I liken it to is a um, you know that optical illusion where you have two shadows staring at each other, and in the middle you have a vase. It's a famous optical illusion. I'm sure uh, you may have seen it. You know, uh, but you know which one I'm talking about. Uh, I'm not sure, but go on. <laughs> Well, okay. Well, it's two. It's two shadows looking at each other, or portraits. You know, it's a portrait of two shadows looking at each other, and in the middle, uh, it makes for a vase. And oh then, yes, uh, right that one. Now, so that's what it was like. It was like when I fixated on the uh, on the on the vase, that uh, then I could not see the shadows, and when I fixated on the shadows, the two people looking at each other, I couldn't see the vase. It was like a paradigm shift, and that's what this was like. I would. I, when I saw Jesus, I couldn't unsee him. I mean, it was impossible. That's it. He can, he, he got, it has to be him. It can't be anyone else being described here. And then when I said to myself, no, it can't be, uh, I, I couldn't see it. Uh, just what I saw a few minutes ago, just like that two shadows in the vault. That's how I describe it. Uh, so it's like the veil went over my eyes. But the other thing I saw was that I, I saw the triunity, the trinity of God in the Tanakh. And it's the last thing, again, that I expected and I couldn't understand it. And I remember thinking, uh, there's got to be a Jewish explanation for this, but this sounds like what the Christians called uh, Trinity. And as I was reading it, I thought that this, there's got to be another explanation. It can't be. And it didn't make sense, but there it was. And I saw it all over the uh, Old Testament, including in the, in the Torah, too. You know, And um, uh, so it just was very confusing to me in one sense. But, it, but before then... I couldn't understand why do Christians, how could they justify using the Tanakh, using the Old Testament, along with their New Testament? Now, I understood 
why they use the New Testament, because the New Testament talks about the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and that's their belief, and that's their, their teachings, and, and that's uh, you, you would expect it in the New Testament. But I did not expect to find that in the Tanakh. I expected to find, um, you know, to put it in Christianese, like the Father alone is God, and that's it. There's no, there is nothing else, you know, closed. That's it, that period. Uh, but instead I found... Uh, I, I did see the three distinct persons uh, in, in various places all over the uh, all over the Tanakh, all over the Old Testament. So, Jacob, when did you first realize that there were Jews that believed in Jesus? You know, when I saw Ben Hur, I guess. <laughs> the movie, <I> mean. <laughs> well, you know, it, it didn't. It, Satan really blinded me for a long time. But I, the, the when I was a child, maybe Ben Hur or something like that, and I kind of had some kind of sense. Uh, I remember watching it, and, they, and it was about some of it was about Jewish believers, and, and they, so that kind of uh, didn't make sense to me, and it kind of did. Um, but in earnest, you know, when I was older, uh, you know, when I was uh, approached about Jesus with uh, with Christians, uh, I would just kind of essentially say, "Look, you know, we uh, we we Jewish people are not allowed to believe in." Um, uh, in another God, and, and uh, in essence, I'm saying that this is another God. And they would say, well, Jesus was a Jew, and, and I would be like, well, uh, uh, he may have been a Jew, but he may have been a heretic, or maybe he wasn't a heretic, and people afterwards wrote about him as if he's, he's starting this new religion or something like that. And the first Jewish person I met that spoke about Jesus that I know of, uh, well, actually, we have a, an uncle, we used to call him an uncle, he's actually a cousin, but he would say every Passover we get together or whenever we get together with him, um, he would he would point out that Jews are waiting for the Messiah and Christians uh, believe that the Messiah has come once and he's coming back again. So you know, that kind of kind of it's an unusual conversation over the Passover table, you know. So it kind of stuck in my mind. He say he used to say that pretty often. But uh, and one time, uh, someone a Jewish person I knew came to faith, and she started talking about Jesus. And I I got to tell you, I thought. That is the most, that's a, it's like saying, I'm a, uh, what type of uh, uh, communist are you? Well, I'm a capitalist communist. Uh, it's a contradiction term. You know, it's, it's just ridiculous. It's like, I, I kind of feel bad for this person because it's so pathetic. And um, uh, so that's my, that was my reaction when, when you know, one, one woman, a Jewish woman uh, said that. I just thought that's, that's really ridiculous. So totally Jacob, ridiculous. when did, when did but, you yeah. finally decide that yes, Jesus is the Messiah, and make that decision to surrender to him. Yeah, that was January 1982. Um, what happened was I was driving a taxi cab to get myself through college, you know, in New York City, you know, so you can imagine. I've oh. got stories. Oh, you know? my. <laughs> yeah. And um, so, at, and I was going through kind of a, a life crisis, and um, essentially, God. You know how God worked. He, at the right time, he started sending these believers into my taxi cab. And, you know, they'd get in my cab, and, and they, they seemed like they, they were glowy. You know, they, they, they glowed. There was something about them. So I would ask them about their, well, I remember I asked one woman, I said, you know, uh, are you as, I said, do you mind if I ask you a personal question? Now, when a cab driver, New York City cab driver, asks you, if can I ask you a personal question, generally speaking, say, no, yes, I do mind. Do not ask me for, no, but in this case, she didn't <laughs> say that. And I, and I just, I just said, you know, are you as, are you as, this is what I ended up, are you as nuts as the rest of us, but you just, like, uh, fake it better? Um, <laughs> but, but you seem to have, <laughs> you seem to have, uh, like, a peace of mind. And she kind of chuckled and she said, you know, about a year and a half ago, uh, and she, uh, she shared her faith with me. She said she came to Jesus. And again, we went through the same conversation. I said, uh, and then she also explained, she said, listen, life hasn't been, you know, it's not like your problems go away, but uh, there, there's a certain peace uh, that surpasses understanding uh, that I have. So my problems are still here, but I but I have this peace with the Messiah. Uh, she said, Jesus Christ. And of course, I went through the, the same conversation I had gone through with others, which is I'm a Jew, and and at that point we were talking over each other's heads whenever this would happen, because I would say I'm a Jew, and by saying that I'm telling them I'm not allowed to worship other gods. Only I didn't express it that way, and you're telling me that this is essentially I consider this another god, and then they would say in response they would say Jesus uh, is a Jew, uh, was a Jew, and his followers were Jews, and I'm like yes. 
but you know, and the but is that this seems like they developed a new religion far into Judaism, a god far into uh, the monotheism of Judaism, a strict monotheism they call it. You know, Father alone is God. So we weren't talking on that same level. We were kind of talking over each other's heads. And finally, this one little old lady, little old Christian lady, uh, she asked me, she says to me, uh, when we went to the same little song and dance, you know, and she said, Jacob, do you know um, how, do you know how to say, uh, how do you say, uh, how, how does she put it? Oh, do you, you know what Christ means? And uh, I, I never really thought about it. And again, beforehand, if I look back in my life, I had, you know, I read books. I mean, I had conversations. So again, Satan, I think, blinded me to this. But I said, "Yeah, it's uh, his no. last so name." Said, yeah. So she said, "Well, Christ in English." Do you know, I said English, and I don't know. I don't. So she said, "That's it's anointed in English," and uh, and there's a word you don't use that very often. You know, can you pass the anointed uh, from the table or something like that? You know. <laughs> but um, and she said, uh, "You know how do you say it in Hebrew?" I, said, I wasn't really sure. She said, "Mashiach." And I slapped myself in the head. I'm like, oh, that's what you guys believe. Okay, now it makes sense that you believe that. And so at that time, what she suggested I do was to go back to the Tanakh and read it to find out what God's Word says about the Messiah. So that's what I did. And I spent about a week or 10 days, I don't remember exactly, but, um, and I had uh, different versions on my bed. Uh, you know, the Hebrew, the original Hebrew was for my bar mitzvah, I think. And I can kind of get by with Hebrew. I mean, I'm, I'm, I speak rusty Hebrew, and also uh, the Tanakh is written in a kind of a, it's, it's like what English, Shakespearean English is to regular you know, modern English. It's kind of a little different. But, and I had the different uh, Jewish publication society and King James and different versions. I'm kind of cross-referencing them to make sure that the Christians did not, um, you know, play with the text or kind of sway it to their beliefs, you know, that kind of and so I was reading and reading, and, and what happened was, as I was reading these verses, I remembered reading them when I was a kid. So uh, the Messiah is supposed to be born in Bethlehem in Micah 5.2. Okay, the Messiah is supposed to be born in Bethlehem, but that doesn't mean Jesus is the Messiah. There's a lot of Jewish men who were born in Bethlehem, and it's still the future, even though at that time it's, uh, Bethlehem is no longer a Jewish town, uh, but uh, there's still the future. Um, and then I saw, oh yeah, Psalm 22, the Messiah is supposed to be crucified. Uh, I remember reading that when I was a kid, and and I was just picking and choosing. I mean, just, just seeing different verses, uh, version I mean, uh, uh, verses of the Messiah, and kind of putting it all together. And then I saw also uh, the the uh, triunity of God, and I remember, of course, seeing that when I was a kid too. And now I'm reading, I'm like, wow, you know. And and I started thinking, well. Now, I tend to be an overthinker, you know, like you can ask my wife, you know how to pray for my wife now, you know. And so I thought, well, what if, what if the Messiah has not come yet? When he comes, he's going to be born in Bethlehem. Uh, when he comes, he's going to be crucified, or at least he'll have, uh, you know, marks on his, uh, you know, pierced his hands and feet. Uh, and, and all these things are going to happen, but to ride into Jerusalem and donkey, when he comes, all these things are going to happen, but Jesus is not the Messiah. And I, as I was uh, thinking this, I'm thinking to myself, I'm overthinking. Well, how, you know what? Uh, but I started praying, Lord, if you can give me a scripture that I can know if Jesus is the Messiah. And God's providence, as I'm praying that, I'm on Isaiah 52, 13, 53, and I'm reading it. And I remember reading it when I was a kid. And I'm, I'm thinking, I remember this. It just startled me. And I read it, and I when I read it once or twice through, uh, I, I said, you're the one, you know, to Jesus. I mean, I, I said, you're the one. And then I called that cute little Christian old lady, and I and I told her, uh, and I started reading Isaiah 53 to her as if she'd never read it before, you know. And, and I said, look, this I found, this is, yeah, this is Jesus. And she says, that's right, Jacob, you know, that cute Aww. little voice. And um, uh, and that's when and then we prayed together, but I think I already received the Lord. And I remember she said, after we prayed to receive the Lord, she said, now your spirit will rise and I said, I don't know what that means. What do you mean my spirit will rise? And she explained. She said, had you died uh, in your sins, because Jesus died for your sins, just like it says here in Isaiah, Jesus died for your sins. And had you died without Jesus, your spirit would have fallen into the abyss, into hell. But with Jesus, he's, he, that's where the atonement is, the forgiveness of sins. And so now your spirit will rise to God when, when you die. And I can't explain the sense of relief, even... After, even before that conversation, I, I cannot explain, uh, my sins were forgiven, and the, the lightness of my being, I don't know how to explain it, the weight off my shoulders, 
and uh, and my life has uh, never been the same. So thank thank God for His uh, grace. Amen. Well, Jacob, in the time that we have left, can you tell me a little bit about how the Lord is using you today? Well, today, um, my wife and I, my Stephanie, my wife and I are in a Jewish outreach out in the Sacramento area in California, and uh, we uh, teach. Uh, Christians, the Jewish origins of the faith, and we also share our faith with Jewish people uh, online and in person and every anywhere we can. And uh, and uh, uh, basically, that's that's what we do now. And I'm a retired police chaplain. I was a police chaplain for about 14 years, and I did that for uh, uh, from 2000 to 2014. So, uh, and that led to a lot of opportunities to um, comfort people in really difficult times and uh, to share the faith as well. And didn't I see something about September 11th, 2001? Uh, yeah, actually, it was, uh, again, this is one of those God-sovereign kind of things, you know. Uh, my wife and I landed in New York on vacation September 10th of 2001. So we fly in the day before, the night before, actually, and then the next morning, we're, we're planning a vacation. So, you know, next morning... Uh, we were on the Bronx, uh, Westchester border. The next morning, this plane wakes me up. It sounds like it's going to crash. And it was flying like at a 1,000 feet, maybe even less. And uh, I don't know what's going on. I just kind of flipped up a prayer, hoping they were okay, and went back to sleep. And then my wife came in and woke me up about maybe five minutes later and told me a plane just crashed into the World Trade Center. And now, at that time, because I was a police chaplain, I had uh, volunteered uh, uh, to go to Ground Zero and uh, just work as whatever whatever I can, and uh, so I wound up uh, in Ground Zero in St. Paul's Chapel. Not on that day because I did not bring my police ID with me because I thought I'm on vacation. What do I need police ID? But I, I follow up. Uh, essentially, I tried to. Uh, uh, they had command post uh, centers uh, in Yonkers, Yonkers Raceway. So I volunteered, but they uh, and I gave him. I showed him my. I showed the lieutenant my license. You know, my driving license. I told him I'm not. I'm police chaplain in California. I don't have my ID on me. Uh, but I'm, I'm not like some crazy person who's looking to see gore or anything like that. This is what I, this is what I do for a living. And, uh, and he wouldn't let me in. And Because uh, at that time, if you remember, there was a lot of confusion. Who knew? You know, nobody knew if there was going to be another attack. We had no idea what was going on that day. I mean, it was uh, terrible. Uh, but I uh, wound up uh, serving it, going to different police precincts and ministering in fire stations. And then eventually um, uh, I wound up going to uh, Ground Zero in St. Paul's Chapel and uh, working there. At the, at the site. So, yeah, yeah. What a fascinating life. Wow. Well, I am just amazed at your story. And I just thank God that he opened your eyes to the truth. And you are my brother in Messiah. And I'm so happy that you took time to be on my radio program with me today. Absolutely. I'm, I'm grateful. Uh, thank you so much for the invite. And I'm, yeah, I'm grateful. Hey, listen. I was a regular kid, you know, a Jewish kid from uh, growing up in Brooklyn. I'm, you know, there's no way I could have seen this without God's pulling in His uh, in His direction. So, yeah, I, I'm grateful to God. One question: You came over here by boat. Where were you coming from? I was born in Israel. Um, uh, I was born in Israel. And I came here when I was about five. Wow, what a story! Well, Jacob Cohen, thank you so much for being on my program today. May the Lord bless you and your family. And real quick, is there any way you'd like us to be praying for you before we end? Oh, Lord, just keep praying for Israel. I've got family in Israel. My extended family is all in Israel. And we have uh, cousins on, you know, the front, you know, Gaza and up in, up in the north. And, um, yeah, so just, just pray for them. Pray. It's, it's hard to process on this end. Uh, because I you know, hear them and I see them on Facebook and we speak to them and it's just difficult uh, knowing that this is going on and, and they're going through such uh, you know, uh, traumatic uh, you know, uh, situations. So, yeah, pray for them, pray for me. So, yeah, I'd appreciate mm -hmm. that. Yes, may the Lord keep them safe and may he bring back all of our hostages in Yeshua's name. Mm -hmm. Amen. 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 Thank you so much and I hope that we can do this again sometime. Oh, yeah, I'd love to. That sounds great. Great. So stay on Thank the uh, stay on the phone. Okay. I'm going to end the recording. Okay. God bless you, and shalom for now. That was my fun interview with Jacob Cohen, and we have time for some more music. Here's Paul Wilbur. Great and marvelous are your works, O Lord Almighty. 
Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. This is Ethel Chadwick saying, Shalom Alechem, peace be with you. Remember, 
Every day of your life is an opportunity to be a blessing to someone. Thank you so much for listening to Bagels and Blessings. Shalom.